it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the fifth quarter studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. Basketball. Here's our hosts, Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coaching Youth Hoops. Before we get Oops. started, hey, how are you? Doing awesome. Before we get started, I'd like to give you a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, co- obviously, coachingyouthhoops.com, the one-stop shop for basketball. Co- it's a Swiss Army knife for youth basketball coaches. How about that, Coach? I've never it's mentioned a coach in a box, as, as someone yes. told me the other day, which I, uh, yeah, which I love. Coach in a box, everything you need. Yeah, yeah. There's an S- there's an, we'll keep this G-rated, but there's an SNL uh, thing about you know something in a box. <laughs> uh, and then what's the other? What's who? What's our other sponsor, Coach? The basketball play creator. So if you go head over to the basketballplaycreator.com, I I discovered this by a Google search. I was looking for something simple. I didn't need anything complicated uh, to create plays um, and drills and everything. And this, uh, um, I found this tool and I absolutely fell in love with it because it's simple. Uh, it creates playbooks easily and I can share those playbooks with players. Um, it's everything you need. Just, it, you know, I've seen a lot of on our Facebook group, even of coaches, you know, handwritten plays down. I'm like, go to the play basketball play creator.com and just put it all in there. Then it's, then you have it forever and then you can tweak it as you need it. And right. you can share it out with your player. So, yeah. Like, yes. Doesn't have to be on a napkin it. anymore. Sorry, Marty. Does not not be on a napkin anymore. Uh, oh. Okay. Good morning, coaches. This is Coach Bill from Coaching Youth Hoops. Uh, we have a very special guest on today. Um, but before we get to uh, Graham, 
uh, coaches, head on over to coachingyouthhoops.com. Stop wasting your time doing practice plans. We've done them all for you. Everything all set to go. It's basically a coach in a box. You don't even have to think about it. And it's only going to get better from this moment on stuff that Graham is working on, stuff that we're working on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, get in now before it's too late. All right. Now on to Graham. Graham is a, uh, a, a mental performance coach uh, with the Sacramento Kings. We are just absolutely honored to have you on the show today. But um, there, it goes a lot deeper. You are a coach. You're an artist. Uh, founder of Train the Mind, author, uh, what else am I missing? Uh, author of Play Presence, you can find that on Amazon. Um, you've trained Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, and you worked with him on the mental side. Again, correct me if I got anything wrong here in a second. Catchphrases, you got the MVP program, uh, win, uh, Play Presence. And now what we're probably going to talk a lot about is the palms down. So, Graham, welcome to the show. Absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, and that is one good looking beard. So the first right. question to you, Graham, is how long did it take you to grow that? Yeah, right. Thanks, Coach Bill. Oh, man, this is, this is definitely a commitment. I think we're about year, we're about year five now with really kind of letting it rock and roll. So the key is my wife likes it and our kids like it. So that's okay. why I that's why I get to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny because I just got my I, I I don't I don't think I look good with long hair, right? And I just if you look back on the older podcast the last few months, I had longer hair and I just got a cut. And the only reason I kept it was my wife and daughter loved it. Okay, yeah, that's how you do it. They were my my daughter didn't want me to get a cut. I'm just like you know, it's time. Getting, it's you know it can all it, thankfully I, I don't have any bald spots so I, it'll grow uh okay. it'll grow back if it needs to so Grant, did i miss anything in that bio of yours man you you've been busy yeah. the last few years my friend yeah man pretty pretty uh humbling to see this all this like mental training just kind of seems like this year a lot of it has come full force you know it's kind of mm -hmm. become on the the tip of everyone's awareness and i know for me having done this work for a few decades, I've noticed uh, there's been a lot of results this year. And to me, I don't really like, that's not really where I judge success, but it is kind of amazing to see like all this stuff happening and, and to be a part of it, you know? Why, why do you think that's changed? You know, I, I don't know. I know mental training is very popular now. I know, um, like, for example, my goal 20 years ago was to kind of normalize mental training and to kind of make it something more more just every day for people. And that's why I went into basketball teaching kids is because I was like, Hey, if we can teach kids this stuff, make it normal, you know? And, and, and then if, if they know pro athletes are doing it, maybe it just becomes something more normal. Now I feel like people are kind of looking for it. They're like, okay, we know mental training is a thing. So I think now it's like, well, how do we do it? What's a little easy way to do it. And I find myself wanting to solve that and help people and just, here's a simple way to do it every day. Put your five minutes in. And that's always been my philosophy when I was working with kids is, Hey, do it like five minutes. If we can make this simple for them and then we do it a lot over time, now we're really building a skill set. And so I see these as skills. You know, these are mental skills. And I feel like now in the world, people are really open to this stuff. You know, and I don't know if it was because of COVID or, you know, what, but everyone kind of realized, hey, mental health's the thing. And so we should, we should be doing this stuff, you know? And do you think, you know, let's take, let's go back in the time machine here when you and I were growing up. 
it was, there were still mental issues. It's just, I mean, mental performance issues, right? Yeah. Um, anxiety or what have you on the missed shot. And, you know, I can imagine, you know, what some of the coaches said, you know, I had a coach that said, you know, to motivate me, he called me an oxygen thief. And, you know, all that <laughs> God, yeah. coaches back in the day used to say, yeah, it would hurt, but then, man, we would perform, right? Because we didn't want to let the coach down. Right. Uh, but now it's, is, is society shifting? And are we just not seeing that, I guess we used to call it tough love? Is that, you know, is that the... Yeah, I think what we're seeing is, I mean, there was a time when, I don't know, when they used to think, well, lifting or, you know, strength training is going to mess up your basketball game. Yeah, and, I remember you know, that. That's not the case at all, right? Maybe don't lift weights right before you play, but like strength training is no, it's going to help you be stronger. And so I think mentally we're just at the point where it used to be kind of just suck it up and pretend right. nothing's going on. And we would sometimes persevere in spite of the coach. I think that's what was happening. People would do that. Now we're realizing there's a way better way to train people with these actual skills, right? There's actual mental skills that we have coaches can start to teach kids and then it also gets better results, right? Yeah. So, so that tends to help sway people when you're like, wait a second, if you are concerned with winning or having some sort of success, this stuff really works, you know, and it's very powerful. Um, well, let's start, let's, maybe let's start from the top. And when I say by the top, you obviously work with the Sacramento Kings, you work with NBA players. Let's start there and kind of walk through the day in a life maybe. And then let's break that down. Cause I know, you know, you, you've been a high school coach and you use, yeah. I love the analogy when we were talking off air is, you know, you use the high school as your, um, as your lab, so to speak, right. To do, uh, um, to focus on the work you're doing today with NBA players. So, but let's start with the NBA and let's break this all the way down, maybe into high school and then uh, going into the younger, younger kids. Okay. So NBA, Obviously, you know, lots of resources there, time, it's their job. You go in and do what? And yeah, so let's go there. Well, what we did with uh with like with like Mike Brown and the Kings, um, I've I've known Mike Brown for several years. I actually was working with his son, helping his kid out. I tend to just work with a lot of kids and then I meet their parents. Okay. Their parents, right. So Mike was like, Hey, this is great stuff. And so I just started teaching this stuff to Mike Brown. Like playing present, next play speed, palms down, some of our foundational mental skills. Yep. And he was an assistant for the Warriors at the time. And he was like, hey, this is great stuff. And he said, hey, well, I'm going to get a head coaching job at some point. When I get it, will you come, you know, help me out, put this culture in there? And I was like, of course. And I also knew enough to be like, when someone says stuff like that, I can't take it serious. Like you never yeah. know. Right, exactly. You never know if someone's going to give you a phone call, right? But yeah. uh, he went to Sacramento and he did. And I live in California. So it was close enough where it's, you know, it's a hundred miles away from my house, but I didn't have to move my family or anything like that. And so last year I agreed to go, you know, be a part of the team. And what, what we did was we start with the culture bill and that's a language. So we started with going, Hey, playing present is a thing, right? We have to bring our focus to the present moment and next play speed. We have to refocus when we lose our focus and we got to bounce back and move forward. And we have to choose our response palms down. You see this a lot of time in sports. People just react like this on all levels. And we said, hey, let's choose our response. Let's be mindful. So we put that into a contract that we put on these big posters um, and printed them all out. And we had like a ceremony where the whole team signed it and was like, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this culture. And nowhere on that culture did we talk about winning. 
Nowhere did we talk about results. Everything was focused on basically the mind and the process. And so that's how we started is put it in the DNA, right? It's a language that's in the DNA of the whole organization. We know what next play speed is. We know to move forward. Like, And so that's how it starts as you go. These are things we're going to practice every day. And then every day of practice, it gets reinforced. It gets reinforced. So for example, if someone uh, turns the ball over, mm-hmm. instead of moving back on defense, they go, ah, oh, you'll hear next play. Oh. Oh, nice. It's like, and we got to do it fast, right? And you got to back on defense fast. And so it's being, the culture is being trained every day with the language that everyone's using this language. So that's how we kind of practice on a daily basis. And then me, I'm just roving around, checking in with guys here and there, little two minutes there, two minutes there, just checking in. We also do group work as a whole team. We'll all get into like the weight room together and everyone lays out the whole coaches, all the players. And we'll meditate, we'll visualize, we'll do positive affirmations. So all these mental skills we'll do as a group together and little like what we call an MVP, right? One of those, we'll do that together for five or 10 minutes and maybe do that once a month. And that's the work, you know, it's just, so I don't know. Define the MVP, I think it's really important. Meditate, visualize, and positive affirmation, right? Yeah, that's it, absolutely. And, And talk to me about the... Well, first off, I, I know what some of our listeners are thinking. Maybe you should uh, reach out to LeBron. He could really. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> uh, so, don't you don't have to respond to that, sis. No, don't. No, it's a funny thing. Uh, we always tell a, a famous joke like, "How many mental performance coaches does it take to change a tire? Change change a flat tire?" And the answer is, I don't know. The flat tire has to want to change itself first. You know, so we're always here to help people. And a lot of it is about the right fit, you know, and finding the right fit with someone. But yeah, you can never force it and you can never make someone. That's going to be my next question. So, which is you have a team. And again, these are, we're we're starting at the NBA. We'll break this down for you coaches. Don't worry. Uh, But you have an NBA team. These are professional men who really know how to play basketball. And now you're asking, I don't know how many guys, the staff included to buy into this. Yeah. Right. And am I buying into it only? Oh shoot. I got to sign this thing. Right. Because if I don't, then I'm the outlier. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I would imagine that's there's some, maybe I'm wrong. Just a little bit of that. I mean, they have to trust you. Right. And you have to build a relationship with them. Um, so I'm just curious, this idea, and it doesn't matter if it's NBA or, or grade school team, yeah. and you're instilling a culture, right? There's going to be some, maybe a little bit of reason. Oh, yeah. And that's way normal. Um, if you have kids out there, go feed your kids vegetables and see if they like them all the time. <laughs> they don't, but it doesn't mean you give up, right? It doesn't yeah. mean you want them. And then years later, they're like, hey, thank you for doing that. So most of the time with most of the kids I'm working with, it's not like you need a 10-year-old to be super conscious and aware. They're just a 10-year-old. But if you're bringing this stuff every day and doing it every day, they're getting the lessons. And I can't tell you how many times I've had an athlete be like, hey, Graham, when we were 13 and 14, I wasn't quite sure what you were talking about. But by 18 or 19, everything started to click. And I'm so glad that we had that foundation. So you never worry if someone is like, uh, I don't want this stuff or they're not into it. That's way normal. And I never look for anyone's approval. Like, I don't need you to like this to know it works. It's like, literally, it's like water to me. So if someone is like, water is bad. 
I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that person, right? I yeah. might, <laughs> I might take a drink and say, "Tell me more about your experience." Yeah, okay. And just wanting them to slowly come there and come to this thing, but you still you bring it every day, you offer it every day, you're there every day. Um, and in general, what I've noticed with teams is there's a third that are like really into it. There's a third in the middle that are like, I'm kind of into it, but I'm not like overwhelmingly. And then there's a third that are like questioning it. Like, what is this? Is this for me? And that's really normal. That's way, way normal. And all you're trying to do is slowly help everyone kind of move up to to come to this stuff, right? And hopefully they become aware of it before it's like, you know, because everyone gets into their 30s and their 40s. They're like, oh my God, of course, the mind. Oh my God, it means everything. So you're trying to help, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 teenagers in their 20s. And that's, you have to be really patient. You know, and you have to just keep giving it to them with love and offering it. And, you know, um, you don't give up on them if they're like, hey, I'm not into it. Because that's how a lot of, you know, folks are. I'm not into it. And later on, they're like, actually, I'm way into it. Um, How do we do this? (laughs) Well, And and when does the light bulb moment go on? And, you know, as you were talking, we're, you know, we're both coaches. And uh, I think about, okay, well. And, and I know you don't talk about wins as the outcome, but can you contribute X points, X wins to a team that has a, someone like you versus yeah. someone who doesn't? And when we don't talk about wins, it doesn't mean we don't love winning. Oh, it's, yeah, exactly. Focusing <laughs> on winning, the irony is that doesn't help you out because winning is some abstract number in the future. We're going to add up and have a result. We want to come back to the present, right? And learn to be here and fully trust. But yeah, it's great when they, when they see the success and the results are so big, it's wild. Like, um, so it helps people with buy-in, right? Because winning it, winning is a nice carrot. People want to win. We want to win, right? It's a fun experience. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with winning. So it it is nice when they see a little success. Um, So for example, when we came with the Kings, Mike Brown already had the aura of, of like this wins like this doesn't like he wasn't like wondering if it worked or you know he was like no no this is it so buy-in from like say De'Aaron Fox or players seemed to just happen more naturally because they were like oh now if the coach isn't aware of this stuff it can be tougher to have people kind of connect and buy into it you know but I, I think a lot of this bill is just really practicing it on a daily basis uh, being aware of it and then when people you know not aren't necessarily into it all the time that's okay they, they, they tend to come around. Um, so I've noticed just doing it myself is some of the best ways I can help kids. Uh, I get, I can't tell you how many parents and coaches say, Hey, I want this for my kids. And they'll be like, I'm going to react to reps, but I want them to be calm under pressure. I'm like, well, guess what? You have to be calm under pressure and that'll model it for the kids. You know, that's kind of what we're really training here. Um, so that's funny. No, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. And, and, Coaches, it was funny, after we talked last week, I was thinking about my bench performance, right? Okay. And and I've really been focused on it the last two years of just being calm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, I'm a coach and I catch myself. I never, like, I I always tell that my teams is like, I'm not, I'm, believe me, I'm not mad at you. I have to talk in short, quick sound bites to get your attention really quickly because basketball's yeah. fast right yeah. yeah um and you know i uh you know so if i sound like i'm upset or yelling it's not at you and i said most of the time you know where it comes to is i'm frustrated with myself because i forgot 
to teach you that or oh yeah. spend enough time in practice last week on x right yeah. and, and i'm expecting you now to perform at a higher high level when i didn't teach you or spend the right. time right and i explained that to them uh and i think that goes a long way so when things happen in the game they're like yeah yeah now we get a coach right you know so long way um and I think just finishing kind of what you said previously too, that the, a little bit of success does help, right? You, yeah. You're kind of like, oh, like, oh, this works. So moving forward after making a mistake fast, that actually, that that helps us win, and and that that can be a good driver for people and seeing some success. And and this last year with uh, you know, the Kings making the playoffs, and then you know, Aaron Gordon was started working with him when he was a little kid, and he won the finals. And I may have forgot to mention this, but I was working with the UConn Huskies too. Oh, that's the, right. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, I'm kind of like, okay, this, this success blew me away. I could never imagine having a year like this with basketball, mental training and all this stuff kind of happening. But I feel like honestly, it was there to let everyone know, Hey, this, this does help on a deep level, uh, works on every level, but it, you know, really starts with doing a practice every day. And when you find out Aaron Gordon started practicing when he was 11 years old and made this a part of his practice, and now he's 27, um, okay, this is, this is real. Like you can practice as a kid and, and become aware of this. And whether you keep playing basketball or going to other stuff in your life, you have these mental skills with you that help, you know? And yeah. do, do, do you find that your players get this sense of like this adrenaline rush when they know that they, and maybe, you know, the ones that have been doing it longer probably maybe don't get the same feeling as someone maybe new to it where they're like, okay, yeah, I just moved on. Oh my God, this is exciting. Right. <laughs> taking vitamins right yeah i mean the first time you do it it is a rush when, when you stop defeating yourself and you get out of your own way and you realize oh i can move forward and then maybe you make a steal like something happens because you move forward you're like oh my god like what have i been doing why have i been stuck on the last play and why haven't i been practicing moving forward you know the, the first thing i started doing with aaron when he was 11 and Aaron was just an 11 year old kid. I didn't know it was going to be Aaron Gordon. I'm just at a basketball camp teaching kids. Yeah. And I said, okay, I need a volunteer for this shooting exercise. And his little hand popped up and I was like, okay, come on up. And we came up and the exercise was he had a golf ball in his hand and I had a bucket and all he had to do was throw the golf ball in the bucket. And it was like, no problem. I knew the golf ball was going to bounce out of the bucket automatically. It was never going to stay in the bucket. So I was just working on how well do you miss? But I told him it was about trying to make it. And so he throws the golf ball, it goes in the bucket. He's like, yes. And then it bounces out. He's like, oh, and he loses his mind. He's like, oh, and I was like, okay, what we were really working on was how well do you miss? And we call X play speed. How well do you move forward? And he was like, what? But then it kind of clicked for him. And I was, he was like, why would we practice missing? And I said, well, if you're a great shooter, how many shots do you make? Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. You know, you go half. You go, okay. If you're only practicing for half of that, you're leaving a whole half gone. And most people fail at failing. We want to be successful at missing. And that's next play speed. Like how well do you move forward? So he started practicing. Um, he started practicing doing that. And you, you know, it's amazing to watch someone go, okay. Cause he was like next play being present. I don't even know what that is. And then after that day, he was like, oh, now I know it's a thing now. And you don't even know it's a thing till you know, it's a thing. And we taught it as a basketball skill. I was like, this is a basketball skill. This is probably the most important basketball skill is how well do you move forward? And then as 11, 12, 13, and 14, he just kept practicing and practicing. Yeah, I totally know. see that. I mean, I love little things like that. I, I uh, you know, the golf ball into the into the bucket. That's brilliant. Because kids get that. They relate to it, right? It's yeah. physical, right? Uh, you need something, that the movement piece. You can't just be talking to it, right? You got to do little exactly. games. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so I started using next play speed within. Oh, great. Okay. In a, in a practice or a practice in a game. Uh, last week after we we spoke and uh, and I talked about missing fifty percent of your shots and I asked it as a question like you know what's a good shooting percentage what do you you know and they all were like ah oh, fifty some were sixty whatever right and and I'm like so yeah and then I asked the question oh, well do we how do you react to the fifty percent you miss right and we had a discussion about that and I could see the light bulb go on they never thought like. Well, we make fifty percent, but you also miss. Means you miss. You're missing percent, right? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and w- what the relationship there was is, you know, some kids would overreact to that, right? Where they'd be like, "Oh, I can't," right? And you just bug them, like missing half half of your shot. But when I explained it to them, they're like, "Oh, yeah, that's just part of the game, right?" They, they got that connection, like, "Oh, that's just part of the game." I'm, you know. I'm going to try to make all of them, but I know right. this, and that's just part of the game. Just like you have to dribble the ball. It's part of the game, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that was good. Uh, so what, let's, let's go down now to the high school level. You were a high school coach for how many years? I was at a mission high school in San Francisco for six years, full time. I was the head JV basketball coach and then also doubled as an assistant coach for the varsity. We had a small program, so we just kind of all, practice together in this little small gym. And uh, I would go to graduate school at night, working on my master's in sports psychology. And then in, in the day, I would do my homework and then go to practice at Mission High School and and practice all this stuff. And my goal was, you know, if I, if I can make this make sense to 14-year-olds, and we know we have a limited amount of time, nobody's making any money here. Yeah. How do we do this? How do we bring mental training here? And that's why I spent six years there. When I'm from San Francisco, right? So I just wanted to give back to where I was from. And uh, I wanted to like make it simple for people. So that's what we did at Mission High School. Is um, And I had a blast. I, I, I really wanted to, my commitment was four years, Bill. Yeah. But then after the fourth year, we were, I was having so much fun. And I was like, I'm not making any money. I'm so broke. But like, <laughs> I'm having so much fun doing this, you know? And so I stayed yeah. for another two years. And um, But that's where we learned to do it. We learned to do it with 14-year-olds. That's and we great. Were- and so tell me, what, what are some techniques? Uh, again, we have coaches listening and they're like, you know, probably edge of their seat. Hey, we want to, we know mental performance, mental performance coaching is there. They're not the experts. 
right? Yeah. Uh, they obviously don't have a lot of time. You know, we're time strapped, right? Totally. Uh, you know, although we see our players six days a week, we you know we still feel like we don't have enough time. So, uh, what are some tips, strategies that you might help yeah. them with stuff? You know. Well, I like to look at it like, okay, let's let's put five minutes a day towards mental training. Okay. So I just start with that. Like, okay, we're going to have to take some time from practice to do this. But I I've, I think what I've created something that really is doable because I think if – well, if you don't have five minutes to do it, we're, we're probably in trouble already, right? Yeah. So, so right. I think we, we can first say, okay, let's let's take five minutes. And what I like to do is bookend your practice, right? So say, say two minutes to start practice, okay. three minutes to end practice. That's where we're going to kind of emphasize – this is we're going to do some mental mental actual training exercises. Now, all during practice, Bill, all we're doing is reinforcing language during practice, right? Like next play speed, yeah. like present, like like palms down. We'll introduce that one today. And that way you're reinforcing the skill. So you're really doing mental training the whole time just by reinforcing this language. But to book in practice, like to start practice, we like to say, let's get focused. You always hear the word like focus, yeah. but you're like, are we practicing focusing? Like, it's like saying like, be strong, but you're like, we never actually do anything to be stronger. Like we can't just say focus without training them to do it. So to start practice, what we like to do is what we call a Wi-Fi walk. And if you think of word Wi-Fi, we're making a little play on Wi-Fi, right? Everyone wants to know the Wi-Fi code. Wi-Fi stands for where your feet are. Hmm. That's what and where your feet are is literally like, hey, I'm in practice now. I just walked in the gym. My feet are here. I got to be here. That means my mind, my focus, my energy has to be where my feet are. And so to be where my feet are, we do stand on, you know, the, the sideline of the court, whole team lined up together. And we're just going to walk to one side of the court and walk back. It takes one minute. And yeah. as we walk to one side of the court, we're going to inhale. Hmm. Hold our breath and just make it all the way to the side. So you might do about a five second breath hold. Then you get to the side. Let your air out, turn around, do one more inhale, walk back, hold your breath, breathe out. And now we just got ourselves present in 60 seconds, mm. two breaths, and you want to feel your feet on the ground. So we call it Wi-Fi walk. So while you're breathing, you're feeling your feet on the ground. And it just looks like a team is walking back and forth, right? Oh, it just looks like this, yeah. but intentionally you're like, everyone's feeling their feet on the ground and these are kids, right? So kids are still going to goof around. Like you're going to see that. And what happens is maybe by the end of that walk, everyone's locked in a little bit better, hmm. right? Teenagers hmm. are teenagers, 10-year-olds are 10-year-olds. We're not going to fight that. Let's have some fun. Let's get on the line, though. Let's find our breath. Let's walk. We'll touch the other side, come back. And so that, I'm thinking at the most, that's two minutes, right? And then yeah. we start practice. All right. Whatever, however you start practice, rock and roll, right? Um, that's our Wi-Fi walk. Well, yeah. I, and, and I'm I'm laughing a little bit or smiling a little bit um, because uh, I I'm looking up something I sent to my team and it was probably influenced by our conversation I'm sure but um, we had we had we had bad we had two bad practices last week okay okay and I felt the team wasn't present they were someplace else they were tired they were i don't know they were just lethargic and my team leaders were also just the best way i can describe it was distracted and tired okay, okay. 
Okay. So I was trying to get them out of the funk and I couldn't like, it just, I knew words weren't going to work, but I also, I need a tool, right? And I didn't have that tool like right there in the, in the media. And so, uh, you know, the one, one saying I always, that I always use is you practice how you play, you play how you practice. Mm-hmm. And I was right. really worried about the game on Saturday because these two practices were not very good. Yeah. And I and and I have a high energy uh, group of girls, really okay. positive always, right? Well, guess what happened on Saturday? It was ugly. Okay, <laughs> okay. In a team that we the week before beat by two, we lost by fifteen. Okay. Okay. So I sent to the I sent an e- a text, and of course I'm encouraging and being positive, and I said, yeah, but it's still. You know, you have to be present in practice and we're going to practice being present. Right. So right. this Wi-Fi and I, this is what I told them. Right. We just, you know, and, you know, it's kind of they got it. Um, uh, and this whole idea, I was introduced the next play speed and all of that. And uh, I love this Wi-Fi again, Wi-Fi walk. It's simple. It's easy. I totally into breath work. I don't, I need to, I, you know, I want to incorporate more of that into practices. So, okay. So we got the Wi-Fi walk. That's awesome. What's next? And say, say you just do one Wi-Fi walk, right? You're, you're 60 seconds in and everyone's still pretty all over the place. Just do one more. Mm. Just do what I mean? And yeah. by the second one, like you take four real centered breaths. It's almost impossible to kind of like, be checked out after that. The breath work is real. So the Wi-Fi walk is great. And then you always have at any moment, hey, be where your feet are. Oh yeah. Thanks, coach. Mm. Right. It's just that friendly reminder. You as a coach could wear uh, you know, basketball. Who doesn't love shoes and basketball, right? Everyone loves tennis shoes and basketball. Yeah. So you could wear different color shoes and the kids could be like, oh coach, you're wearing some bright green shoes today. And you're like, you know why? Be where our feet are. And then everyone's like, yeah. And then everything you're kind of training everyone. So yeah. you got that language, right? So yeah. now we're starting practice after getting ourselves present. So now we're not just saying focus. We actually did an exercise to get ourselves there. Now you just run your regular practice. Whatever that practice is, here's our intention, though. It's to be fully present with everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. And if we're not present, it's to have an electric, fast next play speed. Super. And next play speed is how fast can you move forward? Say you're doing a drill and you're like, we got to make 20 shots in two minutes. Or I'm just making something up. And, oh, you miss it by a shot or something. Next play, let's do it again. Right? And you just have everyone's energy moving forward. You, maybe you didn't do well at the drill, but you're like, success. Great yeah. next play speed. So you're praising presence. You're praising next play speed. And then the one other skill we like to teach is what we call palms down. It's the opposite of this. Ah, uh, coach, I made a great pass. She dropped it. Or I don't didn't want to shoot it today or the other – Palms down is this. It's body language. It's literally body language. It's the difference between this and this. So, and I got uh, explain what you're doing uh, for our audio only listeners. Okay. So I'm taking palms up, right? You see this natural reaction on a basketball court. Say someone misses a shot. There's a call that they're questioning. Something doesn't go your way. We react with our palms up. It's kind of like this quick reaction that just happens with body language. Palms down means I'm aware that something just happened, but I'm going to choose my response. I'm going to turn my hands over and have way more stoic body language. And then guess what? When I'm palms down, now my next play speed is way faster. The biggest killer of next play speed is this. 
Mm. This is when someone is gone, right? Their palms are up. They're not in the present. And they're like, well, yeah, because of this and this. Wait, come back to the present, palms down. Take my breath. Next play speed. Move on. Where are my feet? I'm back. Boom, we're here. We're either on offense or defense or it's a loose ball. I don't know of any other options in basketball. So <laughs> all during practice, we're just using that language to coach. Yeah. Right. And then to finish practice, here's where we have the the, the final kind of two or three minutes. You just burn just why we do this. We do the MVP at the end of practice. And the MVP is the meditation with mm-hmm. visualization and positive affirmation or positive self-talk. After your kids burn energy for an hour or two hours, they're so much more open, right? Their mind is open. So that's why we do our MVP at the end. And so at the end of your practice, what we do, lay everyone out on the court for two minutes, right? We're talking two minutes and you lay it out. And the first thing you do is say, okay, close your eyes, find your breath. And I want you to focus on your breath. That's it. You just say that. You don't have to be some master expert at meditation. We're just finding our breath because the breath is the tool that's happening now. And you just say, try to follow your breath as it comes in through your nose, fills your belly up, comes back out. And that's just going to help us get present and then have them visualize. You can real simple thing to visualize is visualize who you're playing against next and what you guys want to do, right? And visualize as a team doing all the good stuff you want to do. And coaches, you already know what that is. So you already know how to teach visualization, whatever your things are. We play hard defense. You know what I mean? We share the ball. We swing it. We play together. Have your team visualize that (laughs) and have them. So they're closing their eyes. They're breathing. Then you say, okay, see yourself doing and then say the stuff you do. Yeah. And in their mind, they'll all set. You'll see it. You'll see them imagining it. And you have them do that for a minute. And then the last minute you say positive self-talk. You say, okay, in your mind, repeat after me. I move on to the next play fast. Mm -hmm. And you won't see anything as a coach. They'll just be laying there. But in their mind, they're saying, I move on to the next play fast. Mm-hmm. And then you say, I choose my response to adversity. And then they'll just say it in their mind. You say two or three affirmations like that. And they repeat it. Then you say, now bring your focus back to your breath. Take two or three breaths and open your eyes and come back. Everyone stand up, bring it in the middle. Great job. Boom, boom, boom. Finish your practice up. Everyone's on their way. And they're going to leave with their mind blown. <laughs> they, they leave after that so centered. It's so powerful what happens. Yeah. And you've done in one day with five minutes, profound mental training, starting with a Wi-Fi walk. Yeah. And then all during your practice, whether it's an hour or two hours or somewhere in there, you're emphasizing the mental skills. And then you finish with the MVP. To me, that's like a, if you got a kid and they're going to be with you for a few years and they get to do that with you many times, you have you have got them in the right place. Yeah. Uh, so there's just a five minute way to incorporate mental training to book in your practice. I love that. And, and all you're doing is using language. And I, you know, I think the more you use the language, like that becomes what you emphasize. Like I remember my high school coach. It was desire, defense, and dedication. I still remember that. It was printed on our shorts, and this is in the early '90s. So the power of language is really, really powerful. I just think if we emphasize playing present, next play speed, and palms down. Now you're telling them like, oh, that's how we actually do it. That's how I don't get stuck in the moment. That's how I move forward. That's how I'm constantly trusting. And the more you emphasize that and you praise them with it. So say someone misses a layup. One common thing I hear that's not the best thing is we got to make those. And you're like, you know, everyone's trying to make those shots. No kid is trying to, to smoke a layup. So if they miss the layup and yet they move back on defense fast, now we're praising next play speed. Great next play speed. Hell of a job. 
I know if you take 10 layups, you're going to make most of them. I know that. You missed that one. Great next play speed. I'm proud of you. Now all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you don't care if I missed? I'm like, no, that was just, that was the moment you missed. I don't know which ones are going in or out, but what I loved is your next play speed. That's what we need. And I tell kids, if you're not going to have a fast next play speed, it's going to be hard to put you in the game. Mm. You can make shots, you can make mistakes, that happens. But if you don't have a good next play speed, I can't really have you out there. Mm. And then they kind of free up. Like that's another moment of like, oh, I don't have to put pressure to not make mistakes. No, no, stuff happens, but you got to move forward and you got to come back with great energy. That's expected of you. Back in the present, full energy, all in. And so now we're just emphasizing this, Bill. All yeah. during practice, we're just emphasizing it, you know? Yeah, and I think you, you really, you hit on something there. I want to take that a step deeper. Okay, so this is what I often think about. There's certain things as a team that you're really good at and maybe yeah, yeah. right? Let's take layups, okay? So I had a team, we were just, no matter what we did or how we practiced, or how much we practice, different style layups, layups under pressure. We couldn't get over this hump. When I say bad at layups, we were 30% makes. Okay. Got it to, I think, 50 or more. But okay. on layups, especially wide open layups, you should be making a lot more than that, right? Yeah. So again, you can imagine going through my head, you know, yeah. how many layups we practice under pressure. Um, you know, we, we do, you know, X number of layups and Y number of time kind of switching things up. I, I, now I'm, I'm not the only one that, <laughs> that, uh, has these issues that come up. Okay. So my thought process is, gosh, if I put too much emphasis on it, they're going to, you know, they're going to freeze and freak out because they're like, oh, we can't miss this layup, right? Where we're so bad at layup. Now I never use this language. Oh, we're so bad at layups. I'm like, hey, we have room to improve, right? We can go up from there. How would you approach that situation when you, you know, again, as a team, as a group, or just even as an individual person, you're just, yeah, you know, something so basic, maybe you're just not getting and it's not working. All this right, coaches, been- sorry to interrupt, but remember, prices are going up next week. We haven't said what they are. They're going from 59 to 99 If you're thinking of joining Coach Youth Hoops, do not wait. Prices are going up next week. And what else, Coach? I hope you've signed up for the Coaching Youth Hoops Masterclass. If you haven't done that, head over, pause it, go to coachingyouthhoopsmasterclass.com right now. Sign up. By September 13th, the first class launches on September 13th. Steve and I have been busy uh, recording a ton of videos, walking you through step by step on on launching with co- your your this season with confidence. Everything you need, soup to nuts, practice planning, uh, how to create an uh, how to implement an offense and defense in five practices, and so 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 much more. Again, coaching youth hoops masterclass.com. Sign up today. Oh, this is maybe one of the best best ones here, and I really appreciate you bringing this up. And we get in these stories of like, hey, this is supposed to be easier. We're supposed to make all of these. And for whatever reason, it, it's not happening. And so what we do is we give ourselves permission to go through the experience, and we shift our focus to just taking it. We say, don't worry about making layups. Miss them all. Literally say, miss them all. But I want you to take it with confidence and just take it. And they'll they'll go when they're supposed to go. But you as the coach, you give them permission to miss. Because they're seeking that it gets the pressure bills, right? They just want to really want to make them. Right. And you take the top off that and you say, I don't care if we miss them all. Miss everyone. Let's go miss every layup. And the kid goes, I don't want to miss the layups. And you go, it's okay. 
let's go through this experience. I just want you to take the shots. So we shift it from making shots to just take the shot. Yeah. And it's a small difference of language. Instead of trying to make layups now, now we're just taking shots as best we can. And I'm not saying that's easy. We yeah. all know. I'm not saying that's an easy experience, but I'll bring it back to Aaron Gordon when he was in high school. There was a drill where it was like, okay, you got to make three free throws in a row, and then you get to you get to leave practice. He was never going to make three free throws in a row, and it was not going to happen. He could not make three free throws in a row as a teenager, and that was just how it was. Wow. And that was the experience. Yeah. And so, so we did this. The first thing we said was, it's okay. Let's go through this experience because at some point you'll figure out how to make them. But we have to start with telling ourselves a positive affirmation because what was Aaron telling himself? I hate free throws. Yeah. That's what he was telling. So if you're missing a bunch of layups, secretly, they might be saying, I hate layups, right? I don't want to be in this experience. So I said, Aaron, you got to start telling yourself, I love free throws. He looked at me, he goes, are you crazy? I hate this. I go, I know you hate it. You don't even want to be here. So yeah. let's start telling ourselves we love free throws. He was like, okay, I love free throws. And I was like, no, you got to really start telling yourself like this is real. And so he started telling himself, I mean, you're still going to miss, but let's go through the experience like we want to go through this experience. And so he allowed himself to go through it, started telling himself, I love free throws. And then over time, right, he started making free throws. But you have to give yourself that permission to go through that experience. So I love shooting layups. I love taking layups. I love layups. And you, and you go through that experience and you allow yourself to miss and you're praising next play speed. You're like, go ahead and miss. It's fine. But look at our next play speed. Great job. Boom. And now kids are like letting go of this whole pressure of a layup and they're more into next play speed. They're more into taking the shot. And then before you know it, that ball finds a way to, to drop in there. So yeah. that's a really good question, right? That, that's yeah. a great well, well, and here's here's another thing we talk a lot about. Um, and I, I know I this is not mine. And I apologize uh, if you're the creator of this, but green light shooting. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't tell, never tell a player not to take a shot. Even though I know that's like, eh, you yeah. probably didn't take that shot because you're not there yet. Yeah. You haven't worked hard enough to, let's say, shoot a three, right? But man, inside the three, you know, that's all, you, that's your green light. Okay. So I've kind of, I, I, I'm, as you, in, in the lab experimenting this year with maybe not so much green light, but hey, just let them shoot. They're, you know, again, I'm coaching seventh and eighth grade girls. Um, the only way they're going to get better is by taking those shots. Now, of course, there's practice and we're practicing and they're all practicing threes. But then I, I mean, honestly, sometimes I just want to say, you know, X girl, don't take that. That's just not your green light shot. I mean, you're, I mean, the form is way off. I know you're working on it, but don't take that in. So, again, going maybe very similar to what you just said, there's that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. How do I want to say this? You know, sometimes I don't want players doing certain things, right, as a coach, because they're not the best at it. 
Does that make, am I making sense there? Does yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, that that's always going to be, a you know, one of the challenges when you're coaching kids because you want to develop them, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. this time you're like, we, we're, we're, we are trying to win today. So you're like, you taking that shot, maybe it's not the best shot for us, mm-hmm. but also maybe it's a part of the kid's development, you know? So trying to balance that is is it's like the the challenge have you found anything that helps with that you know it, the whole idea of i i'm taking the approach of exactly what you just said which is okay they're in development yeah. she if she wants to shoot that shot i just say well you got you, let's okay if that's the shot that you want and this is the shot that we're getting in the game you have to spend a lot more time outside of practice on that shot yeah, and yeah. what I don't want to say is don't take that shot because, or, Hey, you're not good at threes. Right. right. So then right. where does that go? That goes right to her head. And then now forever, she is not good at threes. Just like yeah. wasn't good at free throws. Right. Yeah. So you don't never want to leave them with that. Um, or, you know, it's also like just saying your, your six foot one, you know, seventh grade girl is always going to be in the post and that's where you play. And you're never going to be a guard and you shouldn't even go out there and, Right. Um, So uh, have I found anything in particular that I could say, yeah, this has really worked? Not necessarily. I used to use the green light shot analogy and I kind of walk a fine line with that um, where it's kind of like, hey, is that or sometimes I go, is that was that a good shot or a great shot? Never Mm -hmm. say bad. Right. Good or great. And a great shot is you're wide open. There's nobody in front of you, and underneath that is also, and I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, I've been practicing this. Yeah, I've been practicing it. A a good shot is, eh, somebody's closing out on you, a little hand in the face. Was there a better option in that time that I could have used versus just throwing that up, right? Good good versus great. Yeah, I think think you're right, but I like what you said. I like everything you said was kind of mentioning the practice part. So if someone's like, hey, like I want to take this shot, you're like, no problem. Let's get those up in practice. So you're ready for that shot, right? Yeah. So it's not something that you're doing. And that way you're kind of like, yeah, you can take that, but like let's let's do that work that gives you the accountability to be able to take that shot. And then if you miss it, no problem. You've been putting in work. Let's go through that experience. But yeah, yeah I think yeah. oh sorry, go ahead. I was just saying if you're not practicing it, it's tough to yeah. <laughs> go out there and like, you know, you got to practice it. Yeah. Know? Practice it. Uh, and then this this is what I'm, a lot of coaches run into as well. And it kind of goes back to the, uh, oh, you got to make your free throw or you got to make your layup, right? And like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we all know she didn't do it on purpose. De- on the defensive side, though, I, mean, I had this had this come up the other day, which was the, you know, teaching boxing out and bo- or just boxing out. I always think about, you know, uh, the kids standing underneath the basket, looking up. Hands up to, you know, pointing to the hoop, all fingers right to the ceiling right. and just waiting for the ball to fall in their hands. Right. 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 And that happens a lot. And, and, you know, we, we, yes, we practice boxing out, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the analogy I always use is this mama bird with a worm and all her little, all the little birds around it opening up their mouths towards the mom with the worm. And they're all, you know, right. She's trying to feed them all. Uh, so I, I in a, this girl on the other team was killing us in rebound, but yeah. we were just standing there. Okay. And I, and I yelled out, I called out the girl's name 
And this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh. <laughs> right? I'm like, I said the girl's name and I said, you got to box her out, right? Right? Because, and, and then she looks at me and she goes, I'm trying. In my opinion, she wasn't because she was just standing there, right? So then I thought, oh, really the important point here is the fine line of calling out someone's name, pinpointing them in, in a game that they may, you know, it's a lot of times it's something they're not doing, yeah. right? And it's negative and I hate it, right? And I feel guilty afterwards when I say it out loud. But in the moment, it's like, you got to box out, right? <laughs> so, I don't know. Thoughts on that? What do you do? What do you do afterwards? Of course, you can apologize. Sorry for doing that, blah, blah, blah. But, but you got to box out. <laughs> you know, I, I think as a coach, there's a couple of things. One, at the end of our practice when we're doing the MVP, yeah. this, if you sense your team is not doing it, that's when you – and the MVPs, this is where you, you visualize that. Visualize whatever mm-hmm. it is you need yeah. so you can hardwire that in them. That's the perfect time to do it. And you as the coach, you know what your team needs, right? Like yeah. Here you're like, okay, we know what – box out so you're visualizing hitting someone's body moving it back um, and doing that it's a great time to do it mm. and in the moment as a coach this is maybe the most important thing yeah you said like that box like box out that reaction bill that's probably a little of this right yeah like i'm not saying you did that with your hands but just yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. impulse hits you you react yep you yeah. want to do it with coaches we don't want to do that unless yeah. like with intention you want to do that so in that moment, if you can just be aware, you feel the reaction in you, you're not boxing out, you see the other girl's going to get it, your team's in trouble. If that's hitting you hard, right, like you feel like you just need to recognize that feeling, and this is the palms down moment. This is where you say, I can still coach and do all that, but I got to come from a different energy. Because mm-hmm. this energy, nobody yeah. receives that, that gets rejected, and later on you have to apologize for that. Because what you did was simply pass along energy. You got hit with some fear or worry and you passed it right to your kids. Yep. Yeah. That's why later on you're like, I, why'd I do that? And now you're, the wake of you as a coach is, is damaging now because your wake from that energy is damaging. Right. So always, yeah, you need to box out. But if I deliver it like this, you're going to do it. So if I say, Tracy, come here, or whatever it is, right? And yeah. then you coach right after that moment. Watch how well it's received. Yeah. Watch how well everything happens. So this is the most important thing as the coach. The mental training is really for you. <laughs> <laughs> because guess what your kids are going to do? They're going to do what you do. The greatest coaches I've seen, they didn't just talk about being present. They were present. Mm-hmm. They just talk about next play speed. They were brilliant at moving forward. They didn't just talk about palms down. They would do that in real time and in real moments, right? And it's when it really counts is when you don't want to do it. That's when it really counts. It really counts when you don't want to do it. But just this one time, but I'm the ref or that parent or that's when it, that's the only moment it counts. And now when you do this, now you're received. Now you're coaching. And three hours later when the game is done, guess what happens? You're getting, hey, great job. You're getting from that kid you did this with. They're like, hey, I never saw it like that. Thank you for that. You're getting parents say, thanks for modeling that. And you're like, whoa, that was an intense 10 seconds, right? Instead of this, it's yeah. a 10-second experience of just taking a breath. Might call a timeout, get her off the court, talk to her, get someone. You're still doing all your stuff coaching, but you're coming from a different energy. That That is paramount. Uh, this is where I see coaches lose it all. Yeah, yeah. The information is received. 
And now that seventh grade girl goes, I love basketball. Now, yeah. ooh, this is starting to wear on me a little bit. Yeah. Because coaches not really, you know what I mean? They don't know the words, but they'll be like, I'm not doing this because of coach. Right. And then actually what I see all the time is I see 15 and 16-year-olds who are burnt out, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they've been so focused on results. Make the layup. Ah! And really what's happening is they're just getting this energy all the time. And this energy after a while is not fun. This energy, oh, we'll do it all day with you. Oh, we're going to go through a tough struggle. Let's go. Let's go through the struggle together. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk about that because, okay, uh, playing devil's advocate, that's soft, right? It's yeah. soft, right? Oh, you're all, you know, you got to coddle and, you know, you know, you know, put your arm around them and talk softly and blah, blah, blah. And, and right. I mean, you know, I, I can hear that right from maybe it's a minority. Right. And remember, here's what we're saying. It's not even about the kids. Bring it back to yourself. Coach, what's harder, reacting or choosing your response? If you think you're tough, this is way harder. So right away, I'm going to ask you to be tough. Yeah. Right away. Don't, don't talk about your kids yet. It's all you. Just uh-huh. you before you talk to your kid. When I work with the U.S. Navy, uh-huh. they, would, they would be like, oh, this stuff is soft. And I was yeah. like, wow. And I would help them slowly realize if you're just reacting and you're having a tough time doing this, this means you're tough if you can choose your response. And they sat there and they were like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, if you can take a breath and choose your response, we can start to call you tough. And these are the guys with the nuclear codes. it's like admirals and so totally normal for someone to think this is soft but what we do is we bring it back to them and say all we're saying is work on choosing your response and that's some of the hardest stuff i've ever seen and bringing it back to a coach mike brown asked me to help him with that this year the coach of the kings Mm. he was like we all react like this it's the most detrimental thing and we do this because we think we care that means you're careless Mm. when you're acting like this and you mask it as care and i have passion it just means you're careless and, and mindless Choosing your response and then delivering your coaching is the most powerful way to do it. And that means you have to get out of a reactionary state. No one receives well like this. So, um, and then what I do too, Coach Bill, is I'll say, if you, if someone thinks it's soft, I'll be like, man, you don't want to go against a team that's trained in this. They're going to destroy you. A team that has mental training and doing this, my God, they're going to take everything from you on that court. And then if I drop my resume or say, you know, just tell them who's doing this yeah. uh, helps a little bit. So, and again, I focus, but because this is the toughest thing you'll ever do, right? This is actually hard to do this yeah. stuff. So it's actually the toughest thing you'll ever do. And that's why we're, we're really working. We want the coaches to do it. And when they do, when you do it, coach, we're not giving your kids permission to not box out. You're just not reacting to them like that. You can still get them out of the game, say you're not going to play. You won't do it until you do it, but you do it from a different energy. Yeah, that energy actually teaches them. It reaches them. If you're just coming with anger, anger, all they see is your anger, and anger is a futile force. It's yeah. it doesn't work long term at all. Yeah, and I've seen. I mean, I've seen so many. I so many kids, like you said, get burned out, and a lot of times it is from the way the coaches react. What it and, is, and that feeds on the players on the team. So they all re- they're. They all react that way, right? The big thing I'm working on this year and last year too was the frustration with some of the calls on the yeah. call. Like I'm, you know, this is the other day I'm seeing, I am literally watching from the rest perspective, my player with the ball, the girl standing next to her, literally her arm wrapped around my girl 
and watching it come down the court and there's no call on that. Like, yeah. and, and it wasn't just like, um, uh, like a hot stove, one and done. Just literally arm and arm going down the court. And in that moment, I mean, like, normally I think I probably would have like, because the ref was standing right next to me, like, you know, palms up, look, 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 right? <laughs> exactly. And, and so I'm just like, okay, breathe. I'm like, and I said, and I just said, um, what did I say? I don't even remember if I said anything. I'm sure I did. Maybe it was probably a little sarcastic in the ref's ear versus like, isn't that a foul? Yeah, like very calm, but isn't that a foul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things I think we model behavior that we've seen before, how we've been coached, right? And I think, like you said, the it's easy to do that. It's harder to do the right thing, which is palms down, breathe, and, you know, uh, talk in a very calm and soothing voice. You, you, again, doesn't mean you're soft. Doesn't mean you don't want to win. Does not it means you want to win more than anyone else in the world. It yeah. actually means you're competitive and not just going to blow your mind and lose it and derail for everyone because you haven't dealt with your emotions. Yeah. I'm being real. Like, yeah. if your thing is you think reps are supposed to make every call right, you're already off. <laughs> like that, because you don't argue for the other team, do you? No. So you're not looking for fair calls. You want no. everything to go your way. So already sure. that's so never can we talk about fair unless you're arguing for the other team. You don't want fair. You just want things to go yeah. your way. So, you know, that's already off. And so what we found is if you can be the best at responding to what the refs do, you win the most. Hmm. If you react to the refs in a righteous way, like you think it's supposed to go right, you're going to lose yeah. every single time because you're unaware and you haven't done mental training. We call it competitive compassion and you compete, mm. have compassion for the ref because you know, they're going to miss a ton of calls. Yeah. And so your concern is more, how fast is your next play speed after not trying to be right? You can try to be right and lose, or you can know how to win and knowing how to win requires competitive compassion. So coaches, this is the hardest thing a coach will ever do. And this is when you see if they actually want to win, mm. if they actually want to win, they'll do this. Um, and it's very hard because you're like compassion for a ref. Most times, like, I hate a ref. They blew the whole thing. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened. You got caught up and reacted to him, and that's how we lost. In the NBA, mm-hmm. last year, there's a player, player named Shea Alexander who plays for OKC. He's a really good basketball player. About halfway through the year, he said, I love referees because I don't know why we're all so hard on them. They're doing as best they can. They're trying like all of us. Gen- he was genuine, like genuinely authentic. Mm. But they're trying their best. Yeah. Who do you think led the NBA in calls from that moment going forward? Take a guess. Wow. He did. So if you're actually competitive and you want calls, compassion and love are so dominant and so overwhelmingly win that it's mind-blowing. And think about this. Do you want to get caught up in a ref missing a bad call or do you want to be flowing forward? And you flow forward so well, those refs are so blown away by you and your energy you start getting calls and they'll never say out loud that they're doing it, but we know human nature and what we're doing is training for human nature. So yeah. if you are competitive, you know the ref's name. Don't be sarcastic to him. Has anyone ever been sarcastic to you or kind of yeah, to you? And you were like, wow, I want to help that person out now. No, you're like, that's an enemy. Yeah. And so we we're doing high yeah. level mental work here. This is really, really high level. And that means we got to be palms down as a coach. We got to choose our response get to know the referees, tell them, you know, be like, hey, and if you really care about fairness, 
point out another team's call. No coach has ever done that in the history of basketball. But if you did that, you'd be it blow you away what happens after. It would blow you away what comes your way. So I just look at the real evidence and I see what happens. And so I see the teams winning that choose their response and they're doing the competitive compassion, competitive collaboration. And competitive mm-hmm. collaboration, Bill, means don't blame someone outside of yourself. Right. Find yourself being angry at a ref and you're doing this. Be like, thank you, ref. You're helping me be aware that I am gone. That I'm- <laughs> teaching kids to do this now too. And my job is to lead kids. And I'm literally teaching them to be a disaster in life, literally in a profoundly impact Mm. their life forever. That's how real this is. Now, the fact that you're making that call made me aware of how fragile I am and that I just want to react. I'm going to choose my response and lead right now because that's what these kids need. And then you get to see how strong you are because that's when it really counts. And I'm not saying it's easy. I have pro coaches telling me it's the hardest thing they've ever done. They know X's and O's. Inside and out, more than you would ever want to know. But it's the energy with how you respond that empowers kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had to. That's a big one. That's a big one. But yeah, uh, you know, if you think about going back to your analogy that you're going to miss fifty percent of your shots, refs are going to miss fifty percent of the calls, right? (laughs) Maybe more. Maybe Maybe more. So, and how many times do you get a call that really isn't even a good call? Do you tell the ref, "No, you shouldn't have given that to us"? No, you accept that. You're like, "I'll take all the bad stuff." So if we can just get over trying to be That's fair, if things are fair, you'll break yourself out of being stuck and you'll be able to perform now. You'll yeah. be able to actually perform, you know? Yeah, that is that is good advice. That should advice should go to parents as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, listening and uh, coaches pass that on to your parents because that's really key. Uh, talk to me. I, one of my big kicks this summer has been the the – the food or gut connection to the brain, right? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you if you dive into that part of it as well, like gut health affecting your mental health and mental state. Uh, you know what kids eat affecting their their thoughts. Do you everything? Yeah, oh yeah. What we say is food mood. There's mm. a mood relationship. Your food mm-hmm. dictates how you yeah. feel. Um, I mean, you are essentially what your 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 last hundred meals. You know, that's the makeup, that's the makeup of your body. So, um, you know, you're always, you're always pulling from it's, it's kids. So they want to eat candy and eat ice cream all day. There's no kid in the history of history that's never wanted to do that. Like that's what everyone wants to do. So if you can just help them become aware, like what I do with my kids, I'll just be like, do you notice how you feel after you eat certain stuff? Just notice that and just slowly help them become aware of, oh, when I do this, this is a result. Yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, man, food is is everything. I don't know the details of like gut, you know, biome or gut, yeah, you know, right. but I, I know the connection. And you cannot just be eating whatever you want and think your mind's going to be in a good place. Like this men- this mental work we're doing is all connected to your body. Even when you think mental, right? People like touch their brain. Right. This is the body. It's all <laughs> it's all it's yeah. all the body, right? Yeah. This whole yeah. thing is the body. Um, so we we're really doing a big chemistry project here which is how do we get our chemistry right in our body so we feel right so we have good chemistry so food is yeah it's huge i mean it is paramount and so is exercise like moving your body for a coach um doing all these things so you get your energy in the right place then allows you to deliver the information and have it be received um man but food is super powerful yeah well let's uh tell me about your your latest project now that you're working on and 
and uh, where coaches can find that and how we can get involved. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I just started a uh, a basketball mental training company called Palms Down Basketball. So I feel like after this year, I'm like, okay, I really just want to get these resources out to coaches and have a place for them. So I'm putting together um, what I call the Play Present Way, which is a coaching system that me and you have been talking about for youth coaches to implement the five minutes a day to put the mental training in, to teach you how to do the MVP, teach you how to do the Wi-Fi walk, teach you the language to do that. So I'm really working on making simple basketball mental training products for the whole field to kind of introduce the stuff that I was doing and make it practical for people on a daily basis. So I'm doing stuff for coaches, players, and here's the big one, Bill, parents. (laughs) There we go. That one should be, I think we go parents first. I think that might be the most important one. (laughs) Palms down parents. You want to be parents. You want to be in the stands. You don't want to be doing this to everything yeah. going on. You want to be that parent leading in a way, choosing your own response, being aware of your body language, passing that to your kid. And we say you want to create a, a culture of success for your kid, you know, and that starts with the parents doing this work. So, yes, Palms Down Basketball, we're making basketball mental training products for parents, coaches, players. And uh, that's what I feel like. That's what I'm supposed to do like the next 20 years, honestly. It's like awesome. go get this to kids um, and, and just make sure everyone knows it's there. And Because when I was a kid, I wanted access to this and I didn't have it. Yeah. And I, not, I didn't even know it existed, but like I lucked into it at 19, but I was like, I should have had this at like 11 or 12. Just start planting that seed. So then I'm like, oh, I know what being present is. I know what choosing my response is. I may not be good at it yet, but I know it's a thing right. and I'm practicing. So, well, I, you know, and and the reason I'm on this big kick too, I, I just think we kick, that's probably, that sounds like it's, it's, it's a serious thing. And I think it should be part of all coaches playbook. And that's why we're integrating uh, mental skills training into our practice plans. And it's part of our coaching youth hoops program because I've seen kids change even in the last uh, five years and pre-COVID versus post-COVID. Again, not that the kids weren't anxious before, but I think it has elevated uh, all, all of these issues. Social media definitely hasn't helped either. And I've seen, uh, oh, and, and probably, you know, the combination of think about this, social media, COVID, and then just overscheduled. Right? Yeah. Oh uh, all of all of that combined has just, you know, put a lot of pressure on kids and I've seen them change. And I think if we can give them some simple tools and take the time to do that. And I'm really excited about uh, diving into your stuff because you you have the right approach to it, which, you know, as being a coach, you don't have an hour a day that you're going to take or an extra hour that you're going to add to practice after practice to do this, especially Kids are already overscheduled. So if we can break this down into simple things um, and give coaches the tools to do that, the kids will end up being better in the long run. That that warms my heart. That feels like the last 20 years of doing this work. That's like when I started at Mission High School 20 years ago. It's like that's all I've ever wanted to do is like, okay, and I feel like now we have a real offering to to make it simple. And and the five-minute thing is what lights my fire. Now spend as much time as you want doing mental training, but starting with five minutes, I think is the perfect window doing that, you know, and then you go from there, you know, go from there. When I was putting in strength and conditioning stuff at mission high school, I was like, I'm not a strength and conditioning expert, but I called a friend who was a strength coach and he put together a five minute thing for us to do every day, like core work, all this Mm -hmm. stuff. We didn't have weights. We didn't have anything, but our bodies. 
And we started doing five minutes a day and it was profound what happened. So I thought mentally we can do the same thing, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that's another, that's another good, uh, I have to find some strength and conditioning coach, five minute exercises. You can <laughs> into your practice. <laughs> it helps a lot, man. He helped it us helped. out. And, and all of a sudden, six months later, you're like, we've done this a lot. That's a lot yeah. of minutes. That adds up. That adds you know? up. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just as important as doing layup drills or running your that's office. Right. Probably exactly. even more so because it's long lasting and it shows to the kids you create those habits now when their basketball playing days are over that right. might stick with some of them, right? Hopefully, That's exactly right. We got um, with my kids, we have a, a trainer who comes over and, and trains our kids with boxing and like teaches them how to work out. And he's he's 30 years old and I coached him when he was in high school. Oh, and so now he comes over and trains my kids and I'm like, oh, he's just passing on what I passed to him and he's passing it to them. And Isn't that an awesome feeling. It's just the best feeling in the world. Yeah. You know? I actually so, had one of my first kids that I coached <laughs> text me and uh and ask to coach right to, in my program and i'm like oh my gosh i just i mean like oh my no you can't be that old already and <laughs> but um then that's that's what i love i love when you like i have this um freshman girl that i've been training for a few years and i'm having her work with a third grade girl Okay. Now I do that for multiple reasons. One, and I know she can do it. It's not like, you know, but two, I just think that the third grade girl looks up to her and, you know, it's not, the age difference is big, but not as big as me to her. Right. You know, it's really more relatable, but it also empowers the freshman girl and makes her think about her own game. And when I hear them on the court training, it just warms my heart because you never know if the kids are listening and she right. and she's repeating things that I've said for the last few years. And that is just such an amazing feeling like you got through to her. Right. And um, it resonated. That's the best. That's the absolute best. That's why we do uh, so before we go, we uh, kept you long enough. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation. As we said before, we could probably go on a couple hours. Yeah, sure. it, but I, what this, it, the only thing that means is we're going to have you back on the show. Uh, okay, let's we're going to dive into uh, some, you know, maybe more specifics, but I think this gives a coaches a, a good taste yeah. that they they can incorporate mental training. I don't care if you're coaching third grade to high school, you can incorporate these five minute exercises into practice. That's a hundred percent. And, you know, with palms down and some of the stuff I've been working with uh, five-year-olds recently and the five-year-olds get it. And the five-year-olds were always the hardest group for me to mm. work with. And if anyone who works with kindergartners or someone around there, yeah. you, have, you have to really be on like you, it, you can't just, I mean, you have, it's singing and dancing, performing, doing yeah, all the And so all of a sudden you're doing like, everyone does this. <gasps> they do this. The whole group's doing this. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, we're, 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 we're doing this here. So um, you don't need to be an expert at this. You just have to care about the mental stuff. And I think if you have five minutes a day to do it, you make such a pro- profound impact on your kids. I mean, think about all of us as coaches here. We needed this, didn't yeah. we? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. We, yeah. we just didn't know. Yeah. So now we know. And so now we can give that five minutes a day and help them out. And it does profound things for them. And, you know, 1% of kids are pro basketball players, but all of them take these skills and right. everything they do for life. And that's the main thing. 
is that like you have these life skills. This stuff helps me with my marriage, helps me, I'm serious, helps me being a parent, helps me in everything I do, conflict resolution, getting jobs, learning how to not get jobs. Like I applied 10 times, didn't get it, but man, there's my next play speed. So I've seen this stuff help in so many different ways in life. And the earlier we can plant those seeds, then then we're really like helping out, you know. I, I, I'm going to try that I'm with my wife, the palms down approach. Right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a good advice. Uh, awesome, uh, Graham. This has been an amazing. You know, I, I just thought of one thing we can come back to is the connection between what you're doing with music and mental training. Oh, we yeah. didn't touch upon that, so I think we, there's such a strong connection there. Yes. Uh, but yeah, let's come back to that one. Oh God, we could open that up forever. Just really quickly. Uh, yeah. All the music is under Graham, the guide on all streaming platforms. I've made the last 10 songs are affirmation songs, which is basically like you say an affirmation 40 times in a row to a beat. And you can have this on in the background when you're doing shooting drills and different mm. things. And it's training your player subconscious without them even knowing it. Um, it's saying like, I believe in myself. I believe in myself. And you say that. 200 times in a row that gets kind of stuck in your subconscious yeah. so really powerful ways to train mentally is with music and, and say that again it's under what graham the guide graham the guide g-u-i-d-e okay. it's on all streaming platforms and i make i call it mindset music it's positive music to do mental training with and if you just have the music on it's already getting to your subconscious that's <laughs> awesome helping that. you out did you hear about this coach and i and, and just dawned on me there's this coach who is a part-time DJ in some junior co- or college, not junior college, but some college, and his whole practice is to music and it's in sync. Brilliant. It's not just overplaying some music in the background. It's like choreographed his practice plan to music. Never I, heard it. I gotta find it now that I just you, you just it made me brilliant. think about this. So where I've seen it work well is obviously you turn the music down while you while you teach. Yeah. No to teach with loud music going on and then as you get into what you just taught and you're going to do your drill turn that music up and let's roll and let's i mean if you think about it when people are playing basketball really well it's like a dance it's they're like not a dance. they always say it yeah like i'm feeling it so why yeah. not train like it's dancing why not train like it's rhythm it, it yeah, makes no, you're absolutely right the mental performance coach for the utah jazz a good friend of mine he yeah. djs during practice that time. So music is becoming more and more a part yeah. of training. Uh, and it really has a really big impact. It is. I've trained for music now for years. And just my boombox. Can I say boombox? Is a boombox? My speaker? <laughs> what do you call them today? Anyway, it broke. Oh, no. I had a week of silent practice. Oh, wait a second. I just made the connection. That was last week. We didn't have music in practice. And guess what did I tell you when I started this podcast? It was awful. Come on. No one's boxing out. What if you had music and every other sentence was box out? (laughs) In a body. And now you're working that beat for me? (laughs) You're just like, dude, I'll make you a song. song, Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So that was my, the missing connection was we didn't have music last week. Okay. I'm going to fix that. We'll see if it, see if, uh, see if they get excited this week. I have practice in a couple hours. So. I am going to put all of this. I'm going to definitely do Wi-Fi today. Uh, breathing. I'm definitely going to talk about uh, next play speed. I already started circling that out. There. I always say next play, next play. But this, and I know we're, we're here we go. We're going to talk another hour. I told you. Um, the speed part of it. It's it's, it's like, like brings their juices out. Yeah. It's like, we got to do it fast. Yeah. Now, yeah. Just 
thing. It's like, oh, let's go. How yeah. fast can we get that thing? Yeah. And now competitive nature comes out and they want to run around. Right. Yeah. All right, sir. Final. This is out. We're out. Okay. All, All right. Next time. We'll see you soon. Hang tight. Uh, coaches, thank you for listening. Again, go check out uh, all the Graham stuff. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, thank you, sir. Really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Sports Social Podcast Network.